At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the first look at betting next week's games in the nfl this is opening lines with jonathan von tobel and matt humans on vsin the sports betting network What's up, folks, and welcome in. It's the opening line, second hour. we got a good second hour for you as well. Scott Kellen, professional handicapper, is going to be with us at Six Cents NFL up on Twitter. We'll get his thoughts, of course, on the weekend that was and the early thoughts on championship weekend. AFC championship, NFC championship, both games are set. Now let's get to the opening numbers for those who haven't been with us at the start and the journey of some of these numbers. We start with Sunday, the early game, Cincinnati on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs open up seven with a total of... Keep in mind, 50 and a half, not the 53 and a half you see on the screen right now, or the 54. A couple of shops, including the Westgate Superbook, opened it pretty low. Uh, got some solid action on the over. Early look, too, by the way. Weather seems relatively clean for the Kansas City area, so don't think that would be anything crazy. Mm-hmm. The temperature of about the 35 degrees or so, so a balmy day when it comes to playoff football. So seven with a total of 54 or 53 and a half. The question is, one shot, BetMGM over in New Jersey, is a little high on this. They've got seven and a half, slightly shaded to the dog side at minus 115, where the number ends up, Matt Humans. I think seven's going to be the number. It's hard to move off numbers like three and seven. And uh, Numbers guys will just come in and bet six and a half, right? Like they'll just come in and lay six uh, and a half if it gets there. Yeah, of course. And um, I also think that if you have an opportunity to grab that seven and a half, you should. Uh, and we haven't seen that number in Nevada yet. I think the biggest thing that surprises me is that uh, the total opened – Below 51, which is a key number in totals. Mm-hmm. I thought this total would open somewhere around 51 and a half, 52. Uh, you got to have a discussion about it, even opening it higher because you know most people are going to want to bet the over. The first time these teams played about a month ago, the Chiefs beat the Bengals. Excuse me, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Came from behind to beat the Chiefs 34 mm-hmm. 31. You just saw a wild, high scoring game tonight in KC. You got to think uh, most people are expecting a similar type of game next week. Uh, and that's where the total has moved. So sharp money, that's not public money, by the way, or early, this is sharp money moving that total from 50 and a half, which I'm sure they didn't take much money at 50 and a half. Uh, a couple bets, a couple decent bets is enough to move that over 51 and get it to, uh, what'd you say, the prevailing number right now is what, 53? Yeah, 53 and yeah. a half. Uh, 54s are starting to show, 54 though. 54 is showing up Westgate's now, yeah. at 54. Uh, Might even others. get to 55 at some point on this game. Last week, you know, I did not hear one person tout the under talking about Bill's Chiefs. Don't look at me. I didn't hear one person talk the under. And um, yet that game looked like it was going under. Yep. It was 26-21. If Josh Allen does not throw that TD pass with 154 to go on 4th and 13, oh, hell doesn't final break score loose. probably would have been 26-21 Chiefs. 
and all that craziness and insanity that happened after that never would have happened. But that fourth and 13 TD pass by Josh Allen was what broke the dam at the end, and uh, ultimately his two-point conversion pass to make it 29-26 is what led to you losing if you're a Bills better, if you had plus two, plus two and a half. Uh, it was much better for you if that game was sitting on 27-26 and 29-26. But the Chiefs are lucky to come back uh, with 13 seconds to go, and they get somehow they find a way to get into their fourth straight AFC championship game, and I think the betting public is going to be hot on the Chiefs again this week. Uh, to your point, too, as this total continues to climb, and now we sit at 54, uh, your next most key number in terms of totals will be 55. Uh, that happens about 3.2% of uh, outcomes through this month, so that's something to keep an eye on, too, as this continues to climb. You now approach one more key number in terms of betting total. So, seven with a total of 53 and a half, and I agree, Mike Palm was on with us in the first hour. Like you said, there's no real reason to move off of the seven. There's, in, 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 there's no reason to go to seven and a half. There's no reason to go to six and a half. Might see some altered juices, but it's going to be sick at seven pretty much all week long, barring anything crazy injury-wise or I would assume like heavy, heavy handle one way or the other. All right, so then we go to Sunday, January 30th, San Francisco and the Los Angeles Rams. Again, analysis on these numbers before we get to analysis on the size that we potentially like here. But the Rams open up four with a total of 46 and a half. Haven't seen this total budge at all from the open. What has budged, though, is the side. Three and a half now, and it is three and a half shaded to the dog side. We're talking about three and a half, minus 120 pretty much everywhere, minus 115. Lone shop at the three and a half. If you want to bet the 49ers, South Point's got that three and a half without all juice. Golden Nugget out here does as well, right up the street from where we're at here. But I think we're in agreement. I think this gets to three. I think it closes like three minus 110. I think the 49ers are the side that the masses will back for the most part. That includes sharp and square. Yeah, this number opened four. I believe the Superbook opened four. Yes, correct. Yeah, I saw a couple fours out there. And uh, I thought four would be a take for most betters. And uh, that's what we're seeing right now. Taking the four, that disappeared quickly. Taking the three and a half. And uh, we could see, see this settle at three. I think you'll see, still see some, uh, some stray three and a halves at the end of the week. The, what, what the Rams have done, not necessarily against the Cardinals who limped into the playoffs, but what they did against the Buccaneers is going to leave a lasting impression on a lot of people. Because you get up 27-3 on the Goat and the Bucks in Tampa. Yeah, you almost blow the game. But what's Oof. important is how you got that 27-3 to lead and the fact that Matthew Stafford's looked really good in his two playoff games. And there were a lot of questions about Stafford going into the postseason. So I think some of those concerns have been quelled. And then you have to look at the case or the uh, San Francisco side and say, eh, what about Jimmy G? How much confidence do you have in him in a game like this? Because I'm not impressed necessarily by what the Niners did Saturday night in Green Bay. I thought it was more of a meltdown by the Packers. Mm -hmm. And I was not that impressed by Jimmy G's play. Yeah, he's a little bit better in the second half, but he was terrible in the first half. Niners had 58 total yards in the first half of that game last night, and he threw a big pick um, near the goal line late in the first half. It was more of a Packers special teams meltdown that allowed the 49ers to advance. Uh, maybe you'll see the Niners turn into public dogs this week, but I'm not so sure – I think you're still going to see some three-and-a-halves out there late in the week on this game. Yeah. You, you you hit it on the head for me. One of the biggest sticking points is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, when your quarterback is getting away with murder with the poor way that he plays mm -hmm. and the way that he's been putting the ball in danger, right. Right, it's, it is it is a recipe for disaster. And at some point, right, you got to pay the bill. And with Jimmy Garoppolo over his last four starts, when you're talking about 10 turnover-worthy plays and only two touchdowns thrown, that is not great quarterback play. Yeah. And on the other end, you know Matthew Stafford, you and I have talked about this multiple times on, on our show, The Edge, 
where Matthew Stafford has not been great down the stretch of the regular season, right? Turning the ball over. Uh, if you looked at some of these games, we're talking about the last three weeks of the regular season, a total of nine turnover-worthy plays for the last three games of the regular season for Stafford. But you're also start, you're seeing much more high-end play from Stafford, right, on top of turnovers, as opposed to with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just turnover-worthy plays, lame ducks, poor throws, inaccuracies. Yeah, and I talked about that a lot, too, with Stafford late in the regular season. In the last four games, he threw eight interceptions. Yep. So he was really shaky down the stretch. But it's surprising, I think, it, and that's the reason why he hadn't had playoff success. It's surprising to see that he was that shaky late in the regular season, and he's been poised and efficient here in the playoffs. And uh, that's, that's to me, been the biggest surprise, that he's played as well as he has for the Rams. Yep, uh, today, or excuse me, against the Arizona Cardinals, he had the two touchdowns, 11.9 per attempt against the Cardinals, and then we know what he did today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, those are two matchups, at least where you're set. And uh, I'm curious to see how if this gets down to that three, and I'll be in on the uh, Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams side and be hoping that the Rams can make it to a, uh, to a Super Bowl yet again in the Sean McVay era. Yeah, I think if I had to put an opinion on record at this point, I would take seven and a half with the Bengals if yep. I could get it. Uh, right now you have to be in New Jersey to get that. Uh, and I would probably lay three with Rams, but not three and a half. And again, that's part of that is because Kyle Shanahan's dominance of Sean McVay. And that's another thing that's going to be talked about this week. When you talk about uh, the storylines and the topics you're going to see on these hot take shows all week, it's tough to beat a team three times in the same season. And Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay. Those are going to be two of the major talking points. Yep. And not the case. Not the case, as we mentioned in the first hour as well. Uh, to reiterate well, for those who are, Sean McVay, but not the case about three. Years. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the, to reiterate for those who are just joining us here at the second hour, uh, the uh, the cliche that it's hard to beat a, a team three times in a regular season. Well, a, a team that is going for the three game sweep, fourteen and eight in the rematch in the postseason. Again, fourteen and eight. We saw one instance, of course, last season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, were looking to be swept in three games by the. New Orleans Saints, and that was not the case. Also worth noting, and this is from an old article from last season, so you got to add into this, uh, but four of these 21 trio of games sweeping team was on the road in the postseason. In the 17 instance where the postseason home team swept their playoff opponent during the regular season, home teams went impressive 12-5 and five in those games, but that's not the case here as San Francisco on the road and is a sweeping team against the Los Angeles Rams. Regardless, it's going to be great, and I am curious. I know you're not a totals better, but we've seen one total move quite a bit because of the belief that both of these offenses are going to be great. I am curious to see where the total ends up for San Francisco and Los Angeles sitting around 46 and a half. Um, not necessarily a really big number, but 47 is a relatively key number in terms of, to, in terms of totals and where they end up. So see if that gets a little bit of action too, but don't really have to read one or the other. Yeah. When you get up around that 47, 48 number, it means a little bit more. 46 yep. is kind of a gray area, but uh, I don't have an opinion on that total right now. Uh, I did bet one total today, and that was when Tyron Matthew went out with an yeah. injury for the Chiefs. I bet the game over the total of uh, 49, a live <laughs> number, and it looked like it was going to lose with two minutes to go. It's 26-21, uh, but it got there, and it flew over, and it looked like it was easy money, but that was not the case. If you yep. bet the over today, and most people did bet the over yep. in Bill's Chiefs, you had a serious sweat on your hands with about two minutes to go. You want some fun numbers? From PFF. Fun numbers. Let's do it. New segment here. Fun numbers. Patrick Mahomes, after the two-minute warning and in overtime, 10 of 13, 188 yards, two touchdowns, and a 157.9 passer rating. That's nearly a perfect passer rating. <laughs> after the two-minute warning yeah. today. Man. How like, about and, Josh Allen? Do you have those? Uh, no, I'll have to pull that up and find that. I mean, I think 
we so we've talked a lot about like right we have to look ahead it's the opening lines we haven't really given enough credit to how incredible the game actually was I really didn't want it to end like that was a that was one of the best games I don't think that's hyperbole it's one of the best games I've ever sat down to watch yeah 42 36 in overtime it's uh I don't think it's hyperbole to say it's uh, one of the top 10 NFL playoff games you've ever seen yep but you started watching NFL playoff games about 20. Five years ago. Yeah, yeah, right when it got a lot better, though. <laughs> My NFL has you've been never, much better. You've never probably – you probably don't recall the Cowboys ever winning a Super Bowl, do you? Not like recall. Like, you I know were, it happened. You were like four or five years old the last time that happened? Yeah. 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 No shot. No way. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. Coming up at 15, Scott Kellen's going to join us. Professional handicap. We'll get his thoughts on what is going to go down this coming weekend. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Opening Lines with Charles Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, make sure you check out all the free VSN podcasts that we have to offer. Look at them, all of them up there, huh? You can listen to Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, Speed of the Book, Mine, Hardwood Handicappers. Logo's not up there, but it exists. And many more. Check them all out. VSN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Matt Eumanns, Jonathan Von Tobel with you here on the opening lines. So, uh, let's welcome in Scott Kellen at Sixth Sense NFL up on Twitter. Get his thoughts on everything that was and will be. Scott, good to talk to you. How the weekend treat you, bud? Hey, it wasn't bad. Uh, I didn't really have any official plays yesterday. Uh, went three and one today, Tampa Bay and the over, and then uh, Kansas city in the over. So, you know, it could have got lucky, could have been better, could have been a lot worse, but when it all shaked out three and one. So before we move on to next weekend and analyzing and everything we, you know, you were discussing, we were discussing this off the air, uh, the surprise uh, by McDermott to not know that, Hey man, we could whittle a couple of seconds off the clock by just kicking this thing in bounds. Uh, right. When Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs only have about 13 seconds to work with. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's unbelievable to me that if I can sit on the couch and know this, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll never know anything about X's and O's. Uh, but the simple stuff, which I think is one one you know, you either kick it high to the 10 yard line and of course, Kansas city returns it um, to wherever, and it takes time off the clock, or if they take a knee simply because they don't want to run any uh, time off the clock, you know, they're starting probably 15 yards back from where they started at the 25. And that probably makes all the difference in the world as well. 
Yeah, it's this amazing mismanagement of the clock by uh, Sean McDermott, and he's going to be haunted by this the entire offseason. Okay, let's move on and look at these uh, opening lines with Scott Kellen for the conference championship games. And Scott, where did you think this uh, Chiefs uh, number was going to open? Bengals at Chiefs. Uh, did you think it was going to open seven or maybe a little bit higher? Uh, you know, I was on a show on Friday night. We were kind of talking about it. I, I, you know, I said at least seven, I thought maybe seven and a half. Um, so, you know, for the most part, I don't know, did it, did it open at six and a half? I thought I saw a few six and a halfs, but pretty much saw seven once I started looking at it. Yeah. We've talked about it during this show too. It's pretty much painted seven across the board right now. If you look at the screen, but bet MGM in New Jersey is now at seven and a half mm-hmm. on, uh, on the game. If you like the Bengals and you can in New Jersey. Yes. Seven and a half shaded to the dog side, minus 115. How do you handicap the game, Scott, early when you look at it? And I, I assume from the way you're talking, you have not made an early play on this uh, Bengals-Chiefs game. Uh, I have, actually. Oh, you have? <laughs> I played, okay. uh, yeah, I, I played Kansas City minus seven. You know, one thing I'll point out, guys, uh, I think we've had 51 years of conference championships, and so the team laying less than 10 points uh, whenever they've laid less than 10, uh, or a dog, obviously, that has won. So the straight up winner in those games, 85, four and two against the spread. So, and now since 2009 is 20 and four. So those four losses have all come in the last, whatever that is, 12 or 13 years. Um, but basically pick the straight up winner. And generally speaking, you've got the winner against the spread as well. I, you know, I made the number seven and a half. So slight value there. That week 17 game that Cincinnati won 34, 31. Kansas city had a success rate in that game of about almost 66% to just 48% for Cincinnati. Now the Bengals hit some big plays on them. Uh, you know, and Kansas city likes to play a lot of man to man. So that could certainly happen again. Um, Kansas city was almost 80% uh, success rate uh, via the run in that game. So, and they, and they sacked the, the Bengals four times and, you know, Cincinnati got away with it the other day because Tennessee plays so conservative, but, You've got a Cincinnati offensive line that's number 31 as far as the lowest sack percentage allowed, so second to last in the league against the Kansas City Chiefs team that's number six in pressure. I think they're going to put some pressure on them, and we saw in that game as good as Burrow has been, and the guy looks like he's going to be great. Uh, he took a lot of sacks that really hurt them pretty badly at times, and if that Chiefs pass rush can get to him again, um, I think it's going to be problematic for, for the Bengals in this game. Scott, what's your assessment of the Chiefs' defense? Because, you know, the thought was this thing's fixed, everything's fine. That Bengals game you mentioned, it showed up in a big way, giving up chunk plays to the Cincinnati Bengals. And today, here again, three touchdowns of 19 or more yards to Buffalo, six, what was it, 6.7 yards per play, four or four on fourth down. It it seems like this defense still should be an issue here for Kansas City, no? Yeah, I I agree with you, JBT. Uh, And, you know, if Honey Badger, Badger doesn't come back, He's in, you know, concussion protocol. So we'll see. I mean, that that's going to hurt them even more. So I always worry about that in terms of uh, laying a whole bunch of points with this kind of defense. Uh, the one thing I guess where I get a little bit more comfort though is I do think they're going to be able to pressure Burrow a little bit, uh, you know, and 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 take him down a little bit more than they were able, able to take Josh Allen down, um, and that might help them a little bit as well. The other thing, you know, they mentioned it on the on the broadcast today. Mahomes has not played a playoff game on the road yet in his career, which is amazing. And in all of his playoff games that he started and finished, he had that one against Cleveland that he didn't finish. He got hurt there last year. But they've scored 31, 31, 51, 35, 38, 42, 42. 
they're going to get to 33, 35 points in this game. And then it just becomes a matter of how many points can Cincinnati score? I, I took over 51 and a half in this game. I make the number of 54. So I wouldn't play it now. Uh, you know, but the only thing that would concern me with the over potentially is uh, if, if Burrell starts getting sacked and, and some of their drives stall, then they can't score as many points, you know, as, as you may need to get over that total. Yeah, one of those uh, playoff games you're talking about in KC, Patrick Mahomes had a huge comeback against the Houston Texans. Deshaun mm. Watson and Bill O'Brien, where are those two guys now? <laughs> By the way, to give you an idea of how on uh, Patrick Mahomes was in terms of how well he was throwing the ball, the Bills today did not have a single pass breakup. Is that right? Not a single pass wow. defended. Okay. Yeah. All right, Scott, uh, let's move on to the uh, other game. We're with Scott Kellen at Six Cents NFL up on Twitter. He joins us almost every Friday on the Football Friday Show on the Edge, too. And uh, JVT, we're seeing – we saw an opener of four – but now it's pretty much three and a half, and you think it's going to move uh, to three at most spots, uh, maybe by middle of the week. Right? Yeah, I, I, Scott, that's my read at least. When you get all these three and a half shaded to the dog side, the immediate move off of four, and the way that the 49ers seem to have been backed by the market here. But what's your read on this number in this contest? Yeah, I took four plus four, you know, while that game was still going on. Um, I would take three and a half. You know, obviously three and a half or three to me is pretty big difference, of course. I made the number two. Um, you know, JVT, we talked about this on Friday. It still applies going against San Francisco mm-hmm. in this game. Teams playing at least their third straight away game with a win percentage of less than 666. Of course, 49ers cover against Green Bay, but they're now only 525 and two against the spread. So they do have that working against them. Um, but I still think there's a little bit of value here. Jimmy G, 11 and three against the spread now as a road dog versus above average offense and defensive teams. And in the two games that they played this year, uh, the Rams had a success rate of 41% in both those games. Both games were bad, and San Francisco had a success rate of about 52%. So, the, you know, the Niners just seem to have their number a little bit. The other thing, you know, just looking here, San Francisco this year against playoff teams, it, they didn't really have all their key players against the Colts, but in most of those other games against playoff teams, I think they only lost by more than three points in one game, and that was that 31-17 loss to Arizona where Kyler Murray didn't even play, which still kind of befuddles me that, you know, they could give up 31 points in that game, but they have been in every game this year. Um, and I think, you know, getting three and a half in this game, I, I think is a little bit too much as well. Interesting. Uh, Andy Miranda on Twitter brings up a good point. And uh, you and I talked about that week 18 game earlier too. Think about this. If the Rams don't allow a late touchdown to San Francisco in week 18 when there was only one minute left on the clock and the Niners had no timeouts. The Niners would not even be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that was Jimmy G's wow. best play, stretch play late in the season, was that touchdown drive with no timeouts. What do you go, 85 yards? Yep. To, to basically get the Niners into the playoffs. How about the domination, Scott, uh, that Kyle Shanahan has had against Sean McVay? Uh, how much does that weigh into your handicapping? I, I think he's won at least six in a row in the series. Yeah, I think it weighs a little bit. Um, and, and to me, it's the style that the 49ers have, you know, right. good defensive line. They put a lot of pressure. It, it's just the team that, you know, you look back the Rams, remember they lost that in, you know, I don't know, Tennessee got a little lucky, made there's mistakes in that game, but Rams lost to Tennessee 28, 16, you know, Tennessee is kind of one of those similar teams as the Niners, just, you know, fairly stout on defense, like to run the ball a little bit here and there. Um, and it just seems to be a team that, you know, gives the Rams a little bit of trouble. The other thing I was looking back, um, 
since the Rams moved into SoFi Stadium, they're now 12 and three to the under as a home favorite. One of those games that went over was that San Francisco game uh, back in week 17 or 18, whatever it was. And that game probably should have went under because to your point, Matt, you don't get that Jimmy G drive late and that game's going under as well. So they played a lot of under games as a home favorite here. Um, you know, I, I, I think I made the number about 48. so a little bit higher than where the total is, but um, historically they've just played a lot of low scoring games here. All right. You made the total in that 49ers Rams game 48. And right now it's sitting at 46 and a half. Uh, Scott, we only got about 30 seconds left. Quick answer here. Do you think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers as a Packers quarterback? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it this way, Matt. I don't know how they can afford him. And I don't know how they can afford him and Dante, uh, Devontae Adams. Right. And I don't know if he wants to come back without Devontae Adams. I think that's that's going to be tough. He said he's going to retire um, or come back. So I don't know if trade's even an option. I just don't know how they can afford both those guys, and that might force this decision. Scott Callen at Six Cents NFL up on Twitter. Scott, good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. All right, we'll see you guys. Oh, We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers next. I was going to say, it's a good jumping off point. Let's expand on that when we come back. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, it's never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. This will be the sixth big game since VSIN Network launched. We've been there for every one of them. Yep. Uh, we'll be with you throughout the playoffs and then on championship weekend. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com. 56 hours on vsin.com. Leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action. On vcin.com. I'm going to show you a picture. This is this is great for our audience. What do you think of that? Aaron Rodgers in a Colts uniform. It's quite the Photoshop. Aaron Rodgers. I, I would consider him, after watching last night's game, a minor step up from Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing about Rodgers, and this is a connection to the Colts, because Peyton Manning was probably the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. Correct. He was not a great postseason quarterback. Unfortunately, also correct. Yeah, and uh, we're seeing the same thing happen here with Aaron Rodgers. I thought the Packers would correct the mistakes they made last year when they blew the NFC Championship game to the Buccaneers Mm -hmm. at Lambeau. Not the case. They did not learn anything from their mistakes in last year's NFC title game, and uh, they repeated their mistakes uh, Saturday night against the uh, Niners, and that's why they've been bounced from the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers was so good. From week two through the end of the regular season, 37 TD passes, two interceptions. He was the MVP. If it was not Rodgers, it was Brady. Both of those guys are now home uh, for the rest of the uh, season. I, I think you have to wonder if we saw Aaron Rodgers play his final game in Green Bay last night, final game as Packers quarterback. Was that was that it? Because and it, you have to look at the finances here too, kind of take the emotion out of it because once time passes – you know, you forgive and forget, and um, people move on. Wounds heal, things like that. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers would be welcome back and say, well, you know, this is the closest we're going to get to a championship team. You can't get rid of Aaron Rodgers. But the truth is, he's going to count $46 million against the cap next year. you got to pay Devontae Adams, too. I think what you have to do if you run the Packers right now is trade Aaron Rodgers. And uh, he can say stuff like, well, I'm going to retire, blah, blah. He would be okay with being traded at this point. 
and the Packers have to get something for him. We just saw what the Lions got for Matthew right. Stafford. You know what the going rate is for a quarterback of his caliber. You're going to get at least two first-round draft picks plus more well, in return. And, and the team that ships that off, right, because this is this is part of the topic of conversation today during that Rams-Bucks game, which was this is why you shipped off two first-round picks. Because mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is a difference in a game like this other than Jared Goff. And what happens? Matthew Stafford finds Cooper Cup on a broken coverage, and they end up winning that game on a field goal, right? How like does Cooper Cup even get open on a broken Well, did you see the quote on that, by the way? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians after the game? What did he say? And not all of our defenders got the message that they were supposed to blitz. Boy. <laughs> and Todd Bowles is a head coaching candidate? Yeah, well, <laughs> Bruce Arians never really won. Bruce Arians didn't do a great job either. Yeah, no, he and, didn't. Uh, but anyway, but the, so the point, too, by the way, when we're talking about this, and you see the, 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 uh, the message there from Bruce Arians from Rick Stroud, but when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and like you know, all these things, because I would agree with you, the full quote from him today or yesterday, uh, quote, I did not think we'd be talking about this after this game. I'm going to take some time to have conversations with the folks around here and then take some time away and make a decision, obviously before a free agent or anything kind of gets going on that front. Also added that, quote, there's a lot of decisions to be made. There's a lot of players whose futures are up in the air. Definitely will be interesting to see which way some of those decisions go, uh, probably referencing Devontae Adams, as you were talking about, too. But I'll have conversations with GM Brian Gutekunst the next week or so and get a little more clarity and think about my own future and how much longer I want to keep doing this. I'll tell you something. He wants to keep playing. Right. And this is just the Colts as an example. If the Colts come calling, you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to go, eh, I don't know. I don't really feel like it. I think I'm going to go. No. The Colts are an Aaron Rodgers away from being a legitimate like contender mm-hmm. in the AFC. Sure. And uh, I think if he were, if that were just, and that's just one example, if that's a team that's willing to ship off more assets for another quarterback. Colts just traded the first round right, pick for yeah. Carson Wentz. <laughs> keep gonna, shipping them off, man. You're going to go down that road for an aging quarterback. Hey, if you get one title out of it, it's worth it, right? Well, if you get one title, but Aaron Rodgers can't win a playoff game. Now, AFC's new. Eh, you're inside. It's it's a new deal. A I'll new tell thing. you, his, his play last night was pathetic. And once again, We've seen this happen with Rodgers. If you look at the numbers, you, you would argue, you would say he wasn't pathetic. In the second half, he was pathetic, okay? And mm-hmm. that's that's when it mattered. Uh, he, he didn't play with any energy, and we've seen this too many times with him where he's so lackadaisical in a big game like this. Hey, man, this is a career-defining type of opportunity for you. Show up and play with some passion last night. Don't just show the passion when you score a touchdown against the Bears in week eight and uh, you want to taunt the city of Chicago. How about trying to uh, – Win a playoff game that matters when you're the top seed at home. I, I just don't understand Aaron Rodgers' lack of enthusiasm in that game last night. He didn't have any juice, um, and you, you got to play. You got to play with some enthusiasm. Look at Josh Allen and Patrick say, Mahomes and the way those guys brought it today. You to, got to bring it. To add to that, right? Yeah. And like we're watching this drive. I mentioned this in the first hour. You know, I've been. You, you know me. I've been a critic of Josh Allen, not uh-huh. really believing, always using the word volatile when it comes to him. That 17-play drive, which he put the Bills on his back and took them downfield for a score, was incredible. Yeah. Running for first downs, extending plays, finding open guys. It was a single-handed Josh Allen drive in which he took care of his – this fourth and four that we're watching right here that he ultimately ends up converting is ridiculous with his athleticism. And he does, and I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. He we haven't seen – He got away from two incredibly athletic pass rushers right, right there just, and then went six more yards down the field to get the first down. And we yeah. arguably have not seen that version of Aaron Rodgers since, uh, since the year that they won the Super Bowl. Remember that divisional game against Atlanta. Yeah. When Atlanta yeah. was 13-3, to he went in there, and he, I think he threw four touchdowns. It was absolutely incredible. Again, put the team on his shoulders. You just kind of haven't seen that. So maybe it just runs its course, but I would agree with you. It just makes too much sense for Green Bay to get something out of this. There's going to be a team that wants to ship it off. 
for one bite at the apple. And I think Matthew Stafford's play in an odd way actually helps the Packers in that case. Uh, I think so too, because right? you can see what, you know, and it really didn't show up for Stafford early in the season, especially when the Rams beat the Bucs, there was a lot of praise for Stafford and how he, he was going to make the difference for his Rams team. And then he went through a slump late in the season. He had a turnover binge with eight picks in the final four games. Just getting out of the, you know, just looks, working it out. It looks like just another Jared Goff. <laughs> right. And he gets to the postseason, wins his first two games. He does look like a difference maker. Uh, if you're the Packers, I think you have, you traded up into the first round to Jeff, draft Jordan Love for a reason. You thought he could be your franchise quarterback within a couple of years. How do you not now say, hey, we got to trade Aaron Rodgers. we got to get two first-round draft picks for this guy and, and boost our rebuilding process because that's what you got to do. If he's going to count $46 million against the cap next year, I think you got to move him now. You, and Rodgers is not going to want to stick around if he can't pay Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. The Packers are so backed up against the cap that they can't uh, – I don't think they can keep Rodgers and re-sign Devontae Adams. So – I think it makes too much sense that the Packers – and I said this last summer. I thought the Packers should have traded Rodgers last summer for three first-round draft picks, whatever they could get from the Broncos, the Raiders, yep. or whoever Agreed. wanted to do the deal. And right now I think you absolutely have to do it because this is back-to-back years. You've choked on your home field in the playoffs. and There's so much negativity around Aaron Rodgers right now that I think it would be better for the Packers to move on. And like I said, you moved up for Jordan Love. You believed he could be your franchise quarterback. Now's the time to make him that, get something in return for Aaron Rodgers while you can. Let's look at this tweet from NFL on CBS. The Packers have had Brett Favre and or Aaron Rodgers on their roster for the last 30 seasons. They've won two Super Bowls. How should they feel about that? A, Super Bowls are hard to win. It's fantastic. (laughs) B, it's acceptable. C, eh, not ideal. D, it's embarrassing the Packers don't have more than two Super Bowl wins. What's uh, your answer? Uh, I would go, wait, what's the uh, D, embarrassed? I would go embarrassing. Uh, we're watching one guy in Patrick Mahomes on the verge of making it to his third Super Bowl in his fifth season. But here's what I'll say to this. it's You don't just want to make the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Super Bowl wins. Well, I know, but still, if, if Rodgers has won, he's a Super Bowl appearance. He's just right. down this road. I know. Right? So, I, I mean, I would be, it's a little hard to look at the level of quarterback play that that franchise has had over the last however many years and come away with just two titles. Well, one was 96, and then the other was, what, 2000 and whatever it was. Yeah, 10, something like that. 10 or 11. You've been incredibly fortunate to have two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history lead your franchise for the past 30 years, three decades. You've got two Super Bowls to show for it. Would it make it that much better if you had three? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think three is a big difference. I kind of waver between C and D. I'd say not ideal, uh, but it's not quite embarrassing that they don't have more. Yes, they should have more. I wouldn't say it's embarrassing to have at least you got two. Um, a lot of a lot of franchises out there that don't have any, um, and we got three of them trying to break long droughts that are alive in the conference championship games this weekend. The Buffalo Bills yep. would have loved to have the opportunity. I mean, there's no guarantee that Josh Allen's going to lead the Bills to a Super Bowl. Oh no! I mean, I, you, you mentioned Peyton Manning. I mean, look at that. I he got you, to the promised land yeah, twice, exactly. lost one of them. Peyton Manning was <laughs> looked like for a while he was going to have trouble winning a Super Bowl. He, he ended ended up getting two, but the last one with the Broncos right. was not because of Peyton Manning. And I'm mentioning the two is in the two with the Indianapolis Colts. Right. Only made it to two Super Bowls and ended up losing one of them uh, to the New Orleans Saints, one of which was not painful for me in any way whatsoever as a young football fan uh, growing up. You know what? Let's, have, let's talk about this in the next segment too. Coaches on the move. Mm-hmm. How about Sean Payton? 
Might Sean Payton be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, the Chicago Bears? Where do you think he would fit? That one, then all of a sudden, what has legs, but the fact that maybe Tom Brady is all done and over with. We got word from Bruce Arians today, oh, I'm coming back. Well, does that mean Tom's coming back? We'll discuss that. Sean Payton and much more on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, hey, yeah, I'm talking to you. We got a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops Betting Guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. One of the most amazing, exciting betting seasons of the year. So don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Let's talk opening lines for the two conference championship games. Let's reset the table. AFC and NFC championship game. For those who are just joining us, give you the numbers. AFC, Kansas City, opens up a seven-point favorite with a total of 50-and-a-half at the open. Not the case on the total, though. We are now as high as 54. Now, one of the shops that opened up that 50-and-a-half, that would be the Westgate Superbook. Sevens across the board. But if you're out in the Garden State, yeah, yes, okay, got that. That's correct. Uh, seven and a half is out there. Shaded to the dog side. You're paying five cents extra juice, though, minus 115. But still, seven, the dominant number here for Kansas City. And as we expected and talked about throughout this show, no need to move it. It's probably going to be seven all week long, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, as a bookmaker, it's tough to get off the number of seven or three. And I think seven is probably the right number here. At seven and a half, you're going to attract plenty of dog money. At six and a half, you'd get an avalanche of uh, money on the favorite being KC. So I do think seven's the right uh, the right number for that one. As far as the total, not surprised that it's been bad up. The first time these teams played about a month ago, 34-31, the Bengals got a comeback win in Cincinnati. And uh, like you said, the total opened 50 and a half. I thought that total opened low because 51's a key number in totals. I definitely expected to see that opener north of 51. Yep. We've seen it go well north of 51 by now. Yes, sir. Is so, it up to 54 at some spots? Yep, Westgate's got 54 on the screen right now. Um, let's see. 
And uh, the wind out here in Las Vegas also has a 54. So 53 and a half here at Circa. And as we mentioned, uh, you're starting to get maybe closer to some other key numbers there. If, if we're talking about like 55 or so, but you cross that bridge when you get to it. So we go to the NFC Championship game uh, then. Sunday, January 30th. San Francisco, Los Angeles. Ooh, just realized it's my mom's birthday on Sunday. <sighs> Sorry, Mom. We'll celebrate another day. Or something nice. Yeah, the Rams open up a four-point favorite with a total of 46 and a half. We're down to three and a half pretty much out everywhere, but this is altered juice. We're talking about you're laying a minus 120, minus 115 if you want to take the three and a half with the San Francisco 49ers. And that seems to be the uh, sexy side. We got, uh, looks like I think Caesar William Hill down to three minus 120 in favor of the Rams. Okay. Total of, seems 46 and a half. Doesn't seem to be much movement in that number. And again, the Niners trying to sweep the Rams after uh, getting into the playoffs by. Coming back to beat the Rams in Week 18, down 17-0 in that game, and Jimmy G with a long touchdown drive uh, to get the to get the uh, 49ers into the playoffs. Brilliant. I'm not sure what side I play here. Uh, you know, it's I played the Ram. Uh, excuse me, I took the points with the Niners in Week 18. Okay. I'm not sure I like the Niners again to, to get three wins in a row. I think I'd probably play the Rams here at minus three, but not lay any number more than three. Um, Jimmy G has just been a little bit too erratic. I was not impressed by his play Saturday night. And Stafford, Matthew Stafford's just playing at a much higher level. I think the Rams, we can say they're at home. They don't have a huge home field advantage. San Francisco 49ers fans actually flooded uh, SoFi Stadium last time. And uh, it seemed like the Niners had a home crowd advantage in that one. But how about the Rams trying to be the second team in a row to play in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl in their home stadium like the Buccaneers did last Ooh. year. That was the first time it ever happened. I like it. Yeah. Uh, did you see the clip after, before we get to the rest of the um, the stuff that we have going on, did you see the clip after Robbie Gould sent the Green Bay Packers home celebrating with Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo saying, bleep the Packers, slapping him on the keister. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo grew up in Illinois, That's, yeah, and he went to Eastern Illinois, so he's a That's Bears a fan. He, he hates the Packers. That's anyway. a great reference to Boston Sports Radio <laughs> when Jimmy G first bust on the scene, and there was a caller called him Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> so good. All right. Yeah, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers one more time. Steve Mariucci on the NFL Network talking about Rodgers and his future with the Packers. Packers are way over the salary cap, okay? It's going to be very difficult for them to keep both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, all right? If Aaron's on the team next year, he counts for $46 million on the cap. Wow. If he's not on the team next year, they gain $19 million on the cap. That sounds like a good deal. He's the MVP. He's great. He's, he's healthy. All of those things, they could trade him. Yeah. They could trade him and get a boatload of draft picks. Matthew Stafford got two ones and a three and a quarterback, all right, from the Rams to in the Lions trade. So this is the time to do it. If he's only going to be there one more year and then they go on without him, you might as well get something for that and play with somebody else next year and get a bunch of picks and get rich quick, so to speak, kind of like the Dallas Cowboy did. See, the problem, like, uh, if, so the Broncos, for example, right, were one of the big ones uh, that were thrown out there. And I, I think there's a, it's, a, it's a good point that was brought up by Mario Uchidero. It's, it's not even just what you're getting back and what the Lions got back. Lions also did get back a starting quarterback, right? No matter what you think of Jared Goff, it was a guy that started for them every game except for one because he was injured. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder a team like the Denver Broncos, oh, they do have a treasure trove of assets, right? Not necessarily quarterback. You don't need a quarterback. You drafted Jordan Love. You traded up in they the first they round trust to get them? Jordan Love. 
Why'd you why'd you trade up? I agree. Round to draft the guy if you're not not going to play him in his third year. They haven't seemed very keen on it. I'm sure you could say, well, all right, Denver, give us two first round draft picks, throw in a an equipment manager, and uh, how about Drew Lock too? Drew Lock, yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, regardless, it's I don't it's, know. It, it doesn't really matter. I think it's semantics, but uh, yes, it's it's time for the Packers to make a deal. You've got to get something back. Aaron Rodgers counts forty six million against the cap. If you keep him, uh, I think you get about a twenty million dollars savings or so if you trade him. Plus, you get two first round picks. You get to rebuild. You got your you drafted your quarterback of the future. It's time to move on. Uh, this is back to back years you flopped at mm. home in the playoffs, and these have been spectacular flops. Aaron Rodgers was not good in the second half uh, Saturday night, and even though you, you could pin the uh, pin the blame on the special teams and uh, some of the breakdowns in that area, it's also a failure by the offense. You had an opening drive touchdown for seven points. What did you produce as an offense after that the rest of the game? That's, three points. Three points. That's pathetic. Blocked and, I, and two, uh, two blocked kicks. I think the Packers got to move on. Anyway, uh, that's going to be one of the most talked about storylines of the offseason again, Aaron Rodgers' future. What about Sean Payton's future in uh, New Orleans? Is he going to stick around with the Saints, or might he end up being the next Cowboys coach or the next Bears coach? Let's hear from NFL Network on this one. It has been two weeks since the New Orleans Saints season ended, and there's still some intrigue. I am told that Sean Payton has not yet committed to returning for the 2022 season. He has essentially gone dark, and the members of the New York New Orleans Saints organization simply don't know what he is going to do. He's been on vacation, and even some of the people closest to him are not sure if he is going to return. A couple options for Sean Payton could walk away for a year, a little mini retirement to recharge after what has been a difficult season. He could do television just like us. He's been approached by a couple different networks, or simply he could return to the Saints business as usual and coach. If he walked away, Rich, he'd be giving up more than $45 million over three years. Now, uh, Rapport does note in his uh, written piece that it would be highly unlikely for Peyton to coach another team in 2022. Uh, but the mini retirement to recharge, as he puts it, would then, of course, uh, put him on the market for a new job after that season. Well, he could also work a trade, which I've seen speculated. And I, I think Jerry Jones might be at the point where if he thinks Sean Payton can get him over the top into the playoffs – and Peyton's a proven winner. Won a Super Bowl. No, of course. No, I'm just laughing at. Uh, so is Mike McCarthy. I was going to say. He's not a winner. Uh, like, does Jerry Jones be like, come on, we got a Super Bowl winner over here. Let's just trade him straight up. Equal value. We'll trade you Mike McCarthy, an equipment manager. Um, I'm the Saints. I'm like, <laughs> you're including Dak Prescott, bro. We'll throw in uh, a box yeah, of right. t shirts and uh, two round trip flights to Hawaii. We'll give you Mike McCarthy. You give us Sean Payton. Mm. Peyton's got, I think, a couple years left. What did say? Two or three years left on his mm-hmm. contract. But it would have to. You would have to work out a trade if you're the Cowboys. Three years left on his contract. Okay, three years left. You'd have to work out a trade if you're the Cowboys to get Sean Payton away uh, from the Saints. And who knows if if his heart's not in it, the oh, Saints might be open man. to making some sort of deal. It seems unlikely. It seems like a long shot. And by the way, Saints and uh, Sean Payton just gave Taysom Hill a big contract. Now he's going to skip town. Him? That's. <laughs> Peyton's like, here, Mike uh, left you all this. I'm not going to Jason Hill and Jamison Winston. <laughs> I'm not going to rule it out, though, because Jerry Jones is getting to the point where, hey, he doesn't know how many postseason chances he's going to have left. Mm-hmm. And he might be desperate enough to make a trade for a coach like Sean Peyton because Mike McCarthy's a difference maker, but in a negative way. Right. Peyton's a difference maker in a positive way. 
and the Cowboys could probably get over the hump with does, Sean Payton. Does Sean Payton have a connection to the Cowboys? He does. Oh. He's also got one to the Bears. He was and quarterback for the uh, Spare Bears in the 1980s. We didn't even get to the fact that maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady's all done. Might be done. I don't think so. I'm going to bet, put up a number. Will Tom Brady take a snap in the 2020-22 season? I'm going to make yes a big favorite. Well, I'm going to make yes a big favorite that you love VSIN, which is why you should stick around and go to vsin.com. And, man, we're getting there, man. Big game's almost here. We'll see you on the edge tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.